As you're uh, grabbing a seat, I wanted to again say, like Pastor Max, happy Veterans Day to uh, all of you who are, have and are serving in our armed forces. Too easy, too easy for us to take for granted the freedom, the safety we feel in our country, and uh, to forget that it all comes with a cost. So thank you so much. Um, also wanted to say, um, wanted to introduce to you um, you know, we, we've been talking about it for a while. Um, you know, part of his family wasn't able to make it uh, last week. But I wanted to introduce to all of you again, uh, Pastor Sonny Hong and his wife, Haley, and their children, Adino, the boy, and Alina. <clears throat> there they are. <clears throat> Sonny is, uh, is going to be one of our pastors here. He's going to be uh, leading the... the one of the things he'll be doing, uh, other than um, rotating with Max as far as washing and polishing my car, um, is um, he'll be taking care of the worship. And so next week, you know, he'll be, he'll be leading worship. Uh, it'll be a, a great time as uh, we have uh, Pastor Sunday lead worship. Uh, if you're curious what it's like to have Pastor Sunday lead worship, so am I. Uh, we hired someone for our worship, never heard him worship before. I don't know how that works, but, yeah, so, you know, I like Korean food. He's Korean at work, so, you know, that's kind of that's where we're at. You know, coming off Election Day, um, you know, there's so much, so much stuff going on in our country that I wanted to exhort you, I wanted to exhort us as a church um, to really, no matter who you voted for, because at this point, it doesn't matter, but... What we need to do is we need to do what God calls us to do. You know, now is not a time to point fingers or to blame or do anything like that. What is it that God calls his church to do? And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, it says, I urge you then, first of all, that petition, prayers, intercession um, be made, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. What is it that we're supposed to do? We just need to pray. You know, again, pray whether you voted for our president or not, we pray. And we definitely need prayer. Our president definitely needs prayer. I'll give you an example, all right? Because some of you are like, oh, man, what's going on with our country? I'll give you an example. A number of years ago, uh, Bill Clinton was, was um, elected as president. And um, at that time, I didn't vote for Bill Clinton. I didn't really care for Bill Clinton. Uh, some of the stuff that he was doing when he was in office, they didn't really like. And um, one day the Lord spoke to me and said, are you doing what I've called you to do? And I said, uh, yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm doing all these things, right? I, I think I'm doing okay. He said, no, why are you praying for your president? And... Uh, I had to honestly say, no, I, haven't been, I was not praying for my president. This verse came to mind. And when Paul wrote this to Timothy, the king that he had in mind that he told Timothy to pray for was the, was the emperor who was, who Paul was in his prison awaiting death. You see? And, and, and the emperor of, of Rome at that time was Nero. And Nero was probably the worst emperor ever, the most evil 
emperor ever. He would, he would capture Christians and put them on sticks, cover them with oil, and put them on fire so he could have light at night for his wonderful garden. You know, he had people murdered and poisoned, including his mama. Yeah, so he's just not a good guy. And so Paul says, this is what I need you to do, church. I need you to pray. And so years ago, I said, okay, God, you called me to pray for, for our president. I'm going to start praying. And then we did a series, and I remember real well, I, had to, I, I spoke a message entitled, What Would Jesus Say to Bill Clinton? Right? And it was a hard message. Because I was thinking, what would Mark Morimoto say? And I began to really pray. I said, Jesus, what would you say to our president? And I began to pray, and I began to pray. And since that day, I regularly pray for whatever, whoever the, our president is. I pray for our president, our governor, our mayor. I just pray for all in authority. And the craziest thing was as I began to pray regularly for Bill Clinton, God gave me a love for Bill Clinton. And to this day, he's like, I'm not throwing stones at Bill Clinton because I'm not any better than he is. But I've gotten the love, and that love didn't come from me, but it came from God. Why and how did that love come? It came when I did what the church is supposed to do. That we, we vote, that is, our, that is our responsibility, but then as a church, we pray. And so right now, you know, I just want us to pray. Um, for our country. Now more than ever, uh, we just need to pray. So just join me as we pray. Father, we um, come before you as your church. And we pray for all those in authority, especially those who were elected into office. We pray for our president. We pray for our vice president. We pray that you would give them wisdom beyond what they have. That you would give them your word beyond what they have. I pray that, that in this really challenging time, they would turn to you in a powerful way. Pray for our mayor. Pray that you would give him wisdom to lead our city in this challenging time. And Lord, we just pray for our governor and all the elected officials. That is our responsibility. Prompt us. Prompt us often to do what we are called to do, which is to pray. And so we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we live in a really, really critical time in the history of our nation. That we live in the days, and if, and if you don't believe me, just when I read what Romans chapter 1 describes, that's the world, and that's the city, and that's the state, and that's the country in which we live in. Verse 28, it says, Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God... He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things they should never have done, be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They became backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. And earlier, Paul writes that they exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And now they suffer the consequences. What are the consequences? These are the consequences. 
And this is what America looks like today. That's, what, that's the world in which we live in. You know, there's so much despair, there's so much confusion, uh, fear, growing hate, violence. Um, you know, there's, there's, most of all, there's so much deception in our country right now. Right is wrong and wrong is right. And it's just, things just may look like a mess. And we look at our country and we think, man, it's a mess. But we as the church, and we're the church, we cannot disengage from the world around us. We just cannot. We cannot disengage from the world around us and go like, whoa, the world's such a mess. Let's, go to, let's, let's just stay in our wonderful little church. Let's sing Kumbaya. And let's just enjoy each other because everybody's really nice here. And we don't have to deal with that. No, we cannot do that. And we cannot do that because that's not God's design. That is not why God started this church in 2004 to disengage from our world. And Jesus said in Matthew 5 that we are the salt and we, we are the salt of the earth. He didn't say we're the salt of our congregation. He didn't say we're the salt of the church. He said we're the salt of all the earth. And he said if salt loses its, its saltiness, then it's worthless. See, we have something to give to all of the people in our country. That if we are not the salt, that the whole country suffers, the whole world suffers, that salt is not good for anything. We become good for nothing, and people suffer. Jesus also said that we are the light of the world. Again, we are not the light of our church. We are not just the light of our families. That we are the light of the whole world. And if we are not present, there is no light in this world. If we are the light in this world, if we're not here, all there is is darkness. And if we look at the world, and we look at our country, and we say, Whoa, there's a lot of darkness there. I wonder why. It's because we're not there. That the church has to rise up. It's like what Jesus said when people turn on a lamp, they don't hide it away under a, you know, hide it under away, hide it under um, what, you know, it just hide it away. Put it under something. He says, no, a lamp is meant to give light, and so you put it on a stand so everybody benefits, and it becomes light to everybody. And everybody begins to see who God really is. And if there's no light, that means that we've got to go out and do our job. John, uh, Jesus said in John 17, I am coming to you now, right? And, and he's praying to his Father because he knows his days are short. And he's praying to God the Father. And he's saying, I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they, his followers, may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. And he says this, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. It's not protection against the world. It's protection against the evil one. 
He says, I don't want you to take these people out of the earth. I don't want you to take them out of the world. In fact, he says that, I, you know, that, that he is going to be sending them out. He says, as you have sent me, I have sent them into the world. That's the church. Jesus prayed that as his followers, that we wouldn't be taken out, but we would go into the world as salt and as light. And then before he left and ascended to heaven, Jesus reminded all of his fathers of his great commission. That he said, you got to go out and make disciples of all nations. That's what you're here to do. And his last words as he left, he says, you're going to receive power in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And church, we have a significant call. We have a significant role to play here in our country and in the world. And in 2004, when the, when the Lord led us to start this church, it wasn't just to bring another church into existence. That this church was started with Jesus' heart, instruction, and his call that we would walk in that. We started this church in obedience to Christ. And we will continue to obey, and we're going to walk in God's call. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how unpopular it is. We've got to be salt. We've got to be light. We've got to go out, and we've got to go as Jesus has sent us. We've got to go. We have to go. That's who we are as a church. And a new season has begun. As I look back on this past year, it is clear in my mind something shifted and a new season has begun. And as great and as significant as this year has been, I believe it's the start of a really powerful and fruitful season that will impact all of us and will impact the world. You know, in my advancing age, you know, I just prayed months ago, I said, God, I would like the next decade of my life, if I have another decade here on earth, I want it to be the most fruitful decade I want our church to just so just walk in your spirit that when I look back, I say, that was the greatest 10 years of my life. And I felt like God said, shoot then. Yeah? And I said, all right. And then as a result of that, I knew God was up to something. Because just a few weeks later, he says, all right, time to go to doctors. I hate the doctor. But I went, found me a doctor again. And I went. Got all the blood tests, all that stuff. He even says, it was time for a prostate exam. And I go, whoa! And God said, next 10 years, the most fruitful. And I said, doctor, I'm ready. And he said, all right, we do that by blood test right now. Yes! Woo! Because I saw his fingers, I was worried. But I wasn't worried no more. You know, blood test, that's how we do it. And then he says, you know, a colonoscopy is coming back up. I say, yeah, I know I had one of those. That was fine. And God said, are you, get, are you ready, Mark? Because you've got to get ready. Because this is a new season. And something great. I'm going to do something great in your midst. And I wanted to share really quickly what I feel strongly about what God is saying to us as we move in 2017, all right? First thing is this. <clears throat> got, got notes in your bulletin. You can follow along up there. But the first thing is this. 
it's time, KCF, it's time to go out and take our lamb. It's time to go out and take the lamb. Last year, God instructed us, it's time, we got to move out. We got to move beyond our comfort of our church, our comfort of our family, our friends, our homes, and we got to go out into our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, city, state, and beyond, and share the good news to a country and a world that desperately needs good news. And, you know, that was the whole deal, that God said, I want you to go and take the land. And I explained last year that what it meant was we go, taking the land is going out and just sharing with people just the good news about Jesus. And God is saying, 2017, go. Not just go, really go. And he says, as we go, as you go, we can go out courageously because God is with us. You know, as we look back in Joshua, we looked at Joshua last year. We're going to look at Joshua for the next two weeks. In Joshua 1.7, it says, Be strong and courageous, God tells Joshua. Be careful to do everything. I'll obey all my law and my, that my servant Moses gave you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous. Then you will be successful. Have I not commanded you? So be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And God is saying you can go out courageously because wherever you go, I am going with you. God Almighty is going to go with us. Not only that, God is saying, I'm giving you the land. It is me, God Almighty, I am giving you the land. It's not something you got to take. It's not something you got to buy. I, the Lord God Almighty, I'm giving you the land. In Joshua 1.10, it says, So Joshua ordered the officers of his people, go through the camp, tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you're going to cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of what? Of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. God is giving the land. God is giving us this land. And then the third thing, we can go out courageously because God will give us rest. God will provide rest. Verse 13, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. That the Lord will give us rest, a real sense of peace in our land. That it's not going to be like, oh, we're going to be so tired. No, God is going to provide rest. We can go courageously and go and take our land because he's going to be with us. Why is he going to be with us? Because he already gave us the land. He says, I'm giving you the land. And not only that, I'm going to provide everything you need, including rest. And God is saying to us, KCF, it's time to go and take the land. Not only that, the Lord is saying, KCF, it's time to go with God's presence and his power. It's time to go with God's presence and his power. Joshua sends two spies to go check out the land, right? He sends two spies into the land. They're found out. Um, they're trapped. But of all people, a prostitute named Rahab rescues them. He hides, she hides them away, tells them how to escape. Why on earth did she do that? 
Joshua 2.9 says, She said to them, I know, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings, the Amorites, east of the Jordan, when you completely, who you completely destroyed. When we heard of all this, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed them because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. And she recognized that God was with them. And so she helped these men escape. And she said, remember me, how I helped you. And they did remember her when the city was taken. The spies get out. They come back. Joshua, verse 224. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given us the whole land into our hands. They come back with confidence now. The Lord has surely given us the whole land, not just some of it, all of it. All the people are melting in fear because of us. And they were filled with faith because they had experienced God's presence. They experienced God's power. And the Lord is saying, KCF, look at all God has done to get us to this point. Look at all that God has done. Look at all that God has done in your life. Where would you be if God wasn't in your life? Look at all that I have done. God is there. He is faithful. You bring on a new staff member. And the first week they're here, their daughter is diagnosed with Kawasaki. Be strong. Be courageous. Go with God's presence and his power. Church began to pray. The minute the church prayed, on Saturday, fever broke. Fever never came back. And a couple days later, doctor sends them home. And they're here today, a week later. Why? Why? Because it's time to go in God's presence and his power. That's a demonstration of God's power. And we got to walk in his power. And he says, look at all that I've done. Look at all that I've done. And I'm with you. And he says to us now, go out. Take my good news of Jesus to the land I'm giving you. I am with you. My power will go with you. And truly I say to you that the best is yet to come. And I thought the Lord said, man, you ain't seen nothing yet. And I said, God, that's not really good grammar. But God says, no, I'm talking to you, that's why. See? You ain't seen nothing yet. It's time to go out with God's presence and his power. The Lord is saying, KCF, it's time to go. Take the land. Take the land and go out because I'm going to be with you. My power and my presence will be with you. And then he's saying, KCF, it's time. It's time to cross over to once and for all 
cross over into the land. God called Israel. He led them. He was with them. He demonstrated his power. And they responded by taking the first steps to go into the land. They, they were taking first steps. What do they find right in front of them? The Jordan River, right? The Jordan River is right there in front of them. At that time of year, the Jordan River, you know, at that certain time of year, was about a mile wide. So, you know, it's a pretty good-sized river, right? It's about a mile wide, and they need to cross it. So they're right there. It says, God, we heard you. We've seen you. You're right there with us. They take steps. There's the Jordan right in front of them. And they've got to cross the Jordan to get into the land. And God is saying to us, we are right where they were. KCF, we are right there. Right there where they were. We are right there. You know? That we stand here today ready to cross over the Jordan River. What did the Israelites do? Joshua 3 and verse 5. Early in the morning, Joshua, all his Israelites got up, went into the Jordan, went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourself, prepare yourself for tomorrow the Lord is going to do what? The Lord will do amazing things among you. And the people gathered together, prepared themselves to take that step. How would they cross? What was the plan? You know, where, you know, all they knew was that the next day, if you prepare yourself, the next day, God will do amazing things. That's all they knew. And so they prepare themselves, and the next morning, they go out in verse 9. Joshua says to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you, and that he will certainly drive out uh, before you all those ite peoples, you know, Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, all those ites, all of them, you know. And he said, he said, see, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now they choose 12 men from the tribes, one from each tribe. And as soon as the, the, as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, sets foot in the Jordan, its water flowing downstream will be cut off and stand in a heap. Because you're going to see God do amazing things. And so here they go, right? They don't send the army. They send the priests. The people that were interceding on behalf of the people to God and God to the people. Set them into the river. The river stops. And they cross. And I read that and I thought, you know, from the very get-go, that we've had a group of people here in our church who stood in the gap as priests interceding on our behalf and time after time again that through their ministry God did amazing things. And so I just wanted to highlight and just, you know, like to have them stand so we can show appreciation. Joe, your prayer team, you know, you guys were doing that. Why don't you stand? Anybody who's part of Joe and her prayer team, why don't you guys stand? Right. Hey, see? Yeah. Thank you. Auntie Sally, stand and oh, and you're standing, sorry. I, I, you are. That's right. My bad. My bad. All right. My bad. <clears throat> See, God, God was right there. And he would go before them. All it took was a step of faith. And they stepped into the river. 
And a mile wide river turned into a heap, and they were able to cross. They were able to cross into the land. God did an amazing thing by stopping the water. The question is for us, what is the Jordan River that stands between you and the land God has given you? What is that? You're right here, man. You want to go. You say, God, God, I want to go. But what is that Jordan River that that stands right before you? What is that Jordan River that you need to cross? Friends, it's anything that holds you back from moving forward with God. That's a Jordan River. That's a Jordan River that we have to cross. It could be busyness. You know, feeling like you don't have time for anything for God. It could be misplaced priorities. I had someone once tell me, I'll follow God as soon as the kids get older. You know? It could be doubt. Is God really calling us to do this? Is God really there? Your Jordan River could be doubt. You know? It could be fear, the fear of sharing good news about Jesus to others, the fear of inviting people to service, inviting people to a small group, inviting people and going with them to the Alpha course. It could be fear. It could be a feeling of, 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 of comfortableness. Man, this is so comfortable where we are right now. I don't want to cross over. Who knows what's on that side? You know, that might be your Jordan River. It might be laziness. It could be bitterness. It could be selfishness. It's whatever keeps you from crossing over and taking the land that God is giving you. And yes, it's a step. It's a step of faith. And it does cost you something. But more than that, it's an opportunity to see God do amazing things in your life. See, the thing is, if you make that decision and take that step of faith to cross over, that God will meet you, and he'll provide for you for whatever you need. He'll even stop a river for you, because he's done it in the past, and he can do it today. You take a step, and God will do amazing things. Friends, it's time. It's time. God is saying, you've got to take the land. He says, I'm going to, it's time to go in my power and my presence. And he says, it's time. Now, we talked about it, we talked about it, but it's time to actually take that step and cross that Jordan River. See, that's what God is saying. A new season has begun. This year, we began to step out in greater ways. We experienced God's presence. We experienced God's power. We experienced amazing things that God has done. You know, the Alpha Chorus under, you know, Pastor Max continues to pick up steam. You know, we have uh, right now maybe over 50 people attending the most recent Alpha Chorus. That's incredible. Um, We have our foot in the water at McKinley High School. You know, we, you know, we just come off of ministering to over 60 players and coaches of the football team, even began to, to, to reach out to some of the families. You know, so something's happening. Um, um, under Pastor Max's leadership, um, over, over 70 kids come out weekly at lunch to this wonderful, exciting thing called a Christian club. You know, and, and, and it's growing and the room is too small. And they're probably going to have to meet in the gym. And it's going to continue to grow. And God's doing something amazing. Because if God can work in a Christian club in a high school, God can do anything. See? See? And, yeah. Clap. We serve a dinner of 
about 200 plates every other month at the Next Step Homeless Shelter. Not only that, countless lives were touched by all of you in Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia and Japan, Alaska, through short-term mission teams. You see, God is saying, got to go out. YWAM's Camp Makapala has begun a new season. You know, this year, as we sent Jared and Tiana Miyamoto over to be a part of their staff. Streams of Life, a church we start, uh, help start, you know, uh, to plant. Um, they're, they're making a really, really exciting impact in the community of Manoa. Hawaii China Mission Church and another, another church plant we started is growing and reaching Mandarin-speaking people. And they keep looking outward. They keep looking to take steps of faith. And, you know, there's a, I spoke about it earlier. Um, there's a brother who is ministering to over 300 Mandarin-speaking farmers in Waianae right now. You know, and, and over 20, over 30 of them now have come to know the Lord. You know, God's doing crazy things because a new season has begun. And we will see God do amazing things in 2017. I believe that God will amazingly lead us to a new facility um, uh, where we can make an even greater impact in our, in our world. You know, that God's going to lead us um, amazingly to a place where we can meet and relocate and put all those things. And, and I believe that God will provide the resources we need to get it in an amazing way. God's going to do it, you see. Watch and see. Watch and see how God uses Pastor Sonny as we cross into the land. God handpicked him and his family to join us at this time as this new season has begun. That we will take the land and we're going to equip couples um, to have healthy and strong marriages. We're going to train up parents to raise godly, healthy strong families, you know, we're going to equip as many individuals as we can to make a huge impact in the land through their neighborhoods and schools and workplaces and, and, and families, that we will see many, many, many people come to know Jesus and grow as his disciples. We're going to see our city and our state. We're going to see our cities that begin to be transformed because of all the people in it who will choose to walk according to God's standards and his values. I believe in the next 10 years, we will see something with our own, own eyes that only God can do. That we're going to get to see something. We're going to look back 10 years from now and say, look what God has done. And it starts. It starts with us saying, we got to cross the Jordan. Oh, but we're busy. Oh, but, you know, it's just tired. Oh, you know, we got to cross. We're going to see with our own eyes something only God can do. One of our elders, Jim Miyashiro, shared something with me, a verse that he said God had spoken to him about. He said in Acts 9.31, the Bible says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria, the church was expanding, it was growing. He says, um, they enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Friends, a new season has begun, and we will see Acts 9.31 with our own eyes. We will experience 9.31 with our own eyes. 
because God has a significant, significant call upon our church, and it includes every single one of you. It is not an accident that God has brought you here, that God is calling you to be a part of what he's doing, that every single one of you is vital. I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, we need, God needs every single one of us. And over this next year, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to get in the game and to do something and to say, we're going to cross this, cross together. What do we need to get done? There's going to be a lot of opportunities, and I'm going to count on all of us. Let's go. We've got to do this together. And maybe for us, it starts as we take a step today and cross over the, our Jordan Rivers. Maybe it starts today with a decision we make. Right? On your seats, when you came in, there was like a card a response card like this, okay? If you don't have one, get one, please. This is very, very valuable because if you're part of our church and you fill in this response card, we're going to take it over to the brunch in a few minutes and out of that, all the cards, we're going to pick one card and one lucky card holder is going to be able to spend a two nights here at the Hyatt. Guarantee. Garen's Barbarians. I'm not lying. Garen's Barbarians. Okay. You're going to put your card in here. And if you get them, you're going to give them to me because you never believe. That's why. Huh? That's why. See? But that's for sure. I promise you guys. You guys fill out the card. Yeah? The grand prize next door is two nights at this hotel. And it's going to be great. Dave and, Dave, Dave and his wife, where's their Spinas? Their Spinas stayed here last year. You know how great this hotel was when they stayed here last year, their two-night stay? They're pregnant now. Woohoo! How's that? Right there. They got all romantic. They go, oh, man. And now in June, now they go in June, they're going to come back and they're going to say, look, look, Marcus Spina right here. Marcus Spina, right here. What's his middle name? Hyatt. His middle name is Hyatt. Watch. Watch. Okay? Fill out the card. The front part is just information. I know you guys hate to fill out information. Why? We're just developing our database. Colleen's going to do it. That's part of her crossing the Jordan, doing our database. She's going to do that. But the back is where I want you to really look. Okay? The back says... And these are our ministries we really need help. In your bulletin, there's a description of these ministries. And it's a one-year commitment. And if you really don't like it, you can get out. We're not going to hold you to it. You're not going to, you know, all that stuff. But here's the thing. I want you to consider this, okay? That I would like to serve in the following ministries. You know what? If you gung-ho, do them all. But you don't got to do them all, but at least, at least consider doing one. Okay. First one is Kids for Christ Children's Ministry. We need nursery workers. The Spinas and the rest of you keep making babies. We got to have more nursery workers. I love babies. Okay. You got to, we need help, honest to goodness, both services. We need first service Sunday school teachers. We need second service Sunday school teachers. What do they do? It's in your bulletin. It's a description. You're not on every week. It's you're on a month, you're off a month. Okay? All right? Okay? So you're there. You're going to get help. You're going to be trained, but we need, a, 
We want to get a full staff Sunday school in second service because we need, you know, as the church grows, that, that we, we got to have something great for our kids there, all right? So that might be something that God wants you to do. Or it might be a first or second service check-in monitor. We need, we have a, we need to have a way to, to, to check our kids in a safe way that the person who's checking them in will check them out. We're doing the best we can. There's a check-in monitor, a check-out monitor. Maybe that's what you want to do. We need that, okay? But that's really important. Greeters, greeters, look at the person next to you. If they have a smiley face, you go, you might want to check that. If they don't have a smiley face, you go, oh, maybe um, the, the check-in monitor good for you, yeah? Okay, all right, but... But do that. We need help first and second service greeters. And then finally, the movers ministry. You know, we, move, we, you know, we have to set up and tear down every week at the McKinley Community School for Adults. And we're looking to have two teams to set up, two teams to clean up. Right now, we have two teams that set up bare bones. We need help. We have zero teams to clean up. We just have people just... Okay, I'll help, I'll help. But my goal is we've got to have two filled teams of people who are saying, I'll be here to clean up. It just takes you 40 minutes, half an hour to 40 minutes. And if you would do that, it would really help the worship team. The worship team is here from 7 in the morning, and they help set up, and they help tear down everything right now. I want to give them a break. All right? And so those are very, very, very important too. Again, for one year, how long do we serve? Um, greeters is what once, a, one, one every two weeks? Two weeks out of every six weeks. For the um, children's ministry, it's on one month, off one month. For movers, on one month, off one month. Guys, you know, I'm going to ask, right? Maybe crossing the Jordan for you, is, is, this, is this doing that? Just checking that off, all right? And so take let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And you say, well, I'm already doing something. Well, I could do that, though. I can do that, too. And check it off. Nothing would make me happier. At the end of today, I find out that I win the two-night stay at the Hyatt. <laughs> and uh, that all the ministry opportunities that we need filled are filled. That people even visiting today from another church might get so excited that Ben Fowler says, For my brother, I will help clean up. And he's going to come once a month and help, help clean up. And you get to see me. So, I mean, you know. All right? Fill out this card. Fill out this card. God is doing an amazing thing. God's going to do an amazing, amazing, amazing thing and things because a new season has begun and we ain't seen nothing yet, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you. I pray you would speak to our hearts. Show us what our Jordan is. I pray, Father, that you would help us all as we fill in these cards, that you would so lead us and that we would um, so follow you that we say, God, for you, and we fill that out. We feel that out, not out of obligation, not out of guilt, but out of conviction that, God, you're calling us to something great. So we just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Hang on to the cards. Hang on to the cards because we're going to collect them at the door after. And again, Miley, two-night stay, two-night stay at the Hyatt, okay? Okay, all right. Okay, at this time, I wanted to call up Max and uh, Vanessa Fowler and um, their kiddos, if they're here. How many of you know what uh, Max Fowler's middle name is? If you don't, you'll know by the end of the service. All right. As all of you know, this is Max. You know, today is a day in which, uh, a special day, where we are, um, Max Fowler is being ordained. You know? And uh, this is his family, Max, Vanessa, Miley, Cruz, and Skye. And uh, what does it mean to be ordained? In our denomination, the missionary church, being ordained is a recognition that a pastor's calling and gifts and the fruitfulness have been affirmed by the body of Christ and the leadership in that church, that their lives truly reflect, truly reflect being set apart by God through the service of Christ. And Max Fowler has functioned as a licensed pastor in our church for three years, and there is no question, four years. That's how it's going to be then, huh? All right. That's how. Okay. All right. Okay. That's what I was thinking. No, I wasn't. Yeah. Just kidding. But there's no question on our minds. I said three because this time flies when you're with a guy like Max Fowler. Okay. But the elders and I all agree, God's call and hand is on him. And so on this special day of ordination, I just, I'm blessed and I'm privileged that God has um, given me a short charge to Max. <clears throat> Some words that he's laid on my heart. The last recorded letter in the New Testament that the Apostle Paul wrote to his spiritual son, Timothy, was it, is it uh, Second Timothy? In the final verses of this letter, Paul exhorts Timothy with a charge. And it's a charge that I believe is very applicable to, to you, Max, um, and to the times in which we live. Second Timothy 4, verse, five, uh, verse 1 to 5 says, Paul says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You know, always be ready to share the word of God. To share with the leadership and the authority that God has given you. You have been chosen and set apart from God. And I exhort you to walk in the authority that God has given you by his grace. Encourage others with great patience and careful instructions. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I know sometimes you get a little nervous to rebuke and to correct people when necessary. And again, you do it with great patience and careful instructions. How do you 
patiently correct and rebuke people. Just don't do it the way I do it, and you'll be fine, okay? <laughs> this is so important for you, one who is called out by God. Because as Paul charges Timothy, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. As you know, we're living in such a time. Too many people are looking to suit their own desires and hear what they want to hear. May God give you the wisdom, the words, and the grace to truly speak, to truly, truly speak the truth in love. Because it is the truth spoken in love that will set people free. Finally, God's word through Paul to Timothy, his words of exhortation is absolutely relevant to you today. But you, Max Fowler, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, because you're an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. God has gifted and he's called you to gather people to lead them to Christ. You're an evangelist and my charge is to walk in a manner worthy of God's calling for you. If you heed Paul's words, you will experience an overly abundant and fruitful ministry. One last thing. God has given you the perfect partner. Vanessa was handpicked for you. Treasure her and build her up to be the partner that God has called her to be. There's no one better for you. And so treat her as the treasure she is. So congratulations on your ordination. And I speak on behalf of all of us here at KCF and beyond. Thank you so much for answering God's call upon your life and upon your family. So I want to pray. We're going to pray for Max as, we, uh, as God ordains him today. I'll call the elders up and the staff up, wives up. Come join us. <clears throat> Mama Jo, come on, just come up. I'm going to gather around them, and I'm just going to lead us in prayer. <clears throat> just gather around the, the fowlers. <clears throat> As Miley would say, go come more close. Go come more close. Okay. Right, extend your hands as we pray a blessing upon Max, Vanessa, their family. Father, this is, this is but an affirmation of what you have called Max to. We're just affirming what you have put your hand, hand your mantle upon him, that you have called him. You have set him apart 
to be, to be your leader, to be your equipper, to be your pastor, to be your evangelist, to lead many, many, many people to you. We pray your blessing upon his family, that they would experience the riches, all the riches and all the joys of what it means to walk in you. We pray blessing upon Max's ministry, that you would bless him even more. That again, what you're saying to us as a church would be true for all the things that Max is involved in, that we ain't seen nothing yet, that we ain't seen nothing yet. So bless Max. We thank you for bringing him here. We thank you for the four years that he's been here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Max! Max, because the two of you have been joined together in the presence... Oh, wrong ceremony. Sorry, wrong ceremony. It's the wrong one. No, I didn't say to kiss your bride. Maybe we we'll just give you the role. Anyway, so uh, here's a, from the missionary church. Here's a certificate of ordination. Here is a uh, letter and the official card, you know, for you. Now you're one of us. And so it's a certificate of ordination to Max Reeves Fowler. That's his middle name, Reeves. That's who it is, Reeves. Okay, and here, here's the letter and stuff. Okay. Let's clap again. Yay! Thank you. Um, Max, you want to say something? Since you got the mic, since you've been here four years, you want to you want to you say something? <clears throat> I just want to say thank you to God. You know, I, I feel like um, you know I have just such a blessed life. God has rescued me, and I never thought I would be even a Christian. <laughs> but uh, He chose me to be a pastor. <clears throat> And I know that the Lord has called me to do it. And so that feels really awesome just to continue just to follow Jesus. And it's only by His grace Amen. that uh, He's, you know, called us, any of us, to do anything. Yep. And so I feel very blessed to be here and just with my family. And I mean, we're just blessing after blessing after blessing. Uh, have friends here, really close, dear friends, and then family, and then all of you and Pastor Mark and just believed in me. So thank you so much. I'm really humbled. I'm really grateful. I was so excited last night. Went and bought some new shoes at Ross. I saw Kelly Morikuni over there. Returning something. I went and got a new shirt from Macy's. I, I saw the downstairs, the valet guys. I noticed I'm dressed exactly alike. <coughs> yeah. Somebody gave me their keys. They rolled up. They threw me the keys. I said, no, no, no. No, I'm just kidding, but anyway, we're so blessed, so excited about the journey God has as we uh, see this new season, step and take the land. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank why don't you stand, why don't you stand with us? We are, now, now that he is ordained, we will, let's have the Reverend 
Max Reeves Fowler close this service in prayer. All right? So Reverend Max Reeves Fowler, why don't you close our service in prayer? Please don't ever call me that. <laughs> Reverend. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you, God, that you have blessed us. And we are so blessed to be here together with people that love us. And most of all, Jesus, you love us. And we know, Jesus, you're right here in our room, in this room. We can't see you, but Jesus, we know that you're here. We thank you. We follow you. We love you. We pray for our city. We pray Amen. for our state. We pray for our nation and our world, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, that you're the only one that can make a difference. So we turn to you. We hold on to you. We worship you, Jesus, that you've saved us. And we pray that you would continue just to show your love, show your forgiveness, show your grace. Lord, to those who don't know you, we just say thank you, Lord. We look forward to all the good things you have planned for us. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. 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 Yay. Hey, take time to uh, greet uh, Reverend Fowler. But, um, hey, you know what? We're going to transition over. There are tables set up. If you have not been here before, there's tables set up right next door. And uh, finally, um, please fill in. Please fill in. And there's going to be um, bowls out there to give these cards. Yeah, please fill them in and give those cards uh, to the greeters out there. And um, I think that's it. So I'll see you over there in a few minutes. All right, God bless. <clears throat>